This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Hine, and today you're listening to episode 32. Today I'm talking with Sarah and Mark Canny. Sarah and Mark homeschool their three children. They live in New Hampshire, and Mark has a master's degree in marriage and family counseling. Mark is the homeschooling parent, while Sarah is the founder and host of the Rise Run Retreat. She helps women gain confidence, find strength, and make connections through running. They have recently flipped their roles. Sarah used to do the homeschooling, and Mark had a plumbing business full-time, and now he is the full-time homeschooling parent while Sarah pursues her dreams with her business. I have been admiring their parenting style and philosophy from afar for quite some time now. They have an encouragement-based parenting philosophy that I just respect so much. And right now, with everything going on with COVID-19 and being home with our kids so much, so many of us are taking on some homeschooling efforts and challenges that we never thought we might have to do. So I thought this would be the perfect time to talk to Sarah and Mark to just get some ideas of how to run a home full of encouragement and positive parenting. Now, don't worry. This isn't going to be a plan where you need to do X, Y, and Z to do this and make everything feel perfect and wonderful because that is never going to be the reality. This is just a conversation with two people who are working really hard to parent their kids in a way that encourages them and connects them with each other. So I took a lot of great information from this conversation. I got a lot of encouragement from this conversation, and I think you will too. There are definitely some takeaways that you can start implementing in your family today. All right, friends, thank you so much for being here. And I really hope you take some encouragement from this episode with Sarah and Mark Canny. Well, today on the Illuminate podcast, I'm so excited to have Sarah and Mark Canny on the show. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yeah. Hello. Thanks so much for having us on. We appreciate it. It's great to be on. So Sarah and I go way back. We've been friends for a very long time, and I had the awesome opportunity to come stay at your extremely cozy and wonderful home. Uh, Gosh, I guess it was... Two, about two years ago now when I had a, a newborn and um, got to meet Mark as well. And I just super admire your family. And right now we're in a pretty crazy time. Um, kind mm-hmm. of everybody's kind of self-quarantined and um, you all do this a lot. You're home a lot with your people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Normal life for us is, you know, actually not that different than what's going on right now. Um, We've been homeschooling since um, 2014 when our oldest, Sophia, um, entered kindergarten. So, yeah, we're kind of used to being home and with our kids and doing the whole school and work um, from home thing. Mark has been self-employed for the last 10. For quite a long time. A long time. (laughs) And then. And then I also, um, you know, started staying home when Sophia was two, I guess, was when I started staying home. But that's kind of when I started building, you know, I kind of started off as a freelance writer and and blogging and then kind of building my business, um, you know, eventually into a, a running retreat, uh, women's running retreat business. So, um, yeah, we've kind of been doing this for a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd love to kind of hear your backstory a little bit because I know that you guys um, have walked through some hard financial times as well and coming, moving away from home and back to New Hampshire. So can you walk us back to that and kind of getting to where you are now? Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because like I was thinking about 
kind of where we've been and where we are now um, today, just because the time, the current situation that we're in is so uncertain, you know, both like in terms of everyone's health, but then also economically and financially. And so I actually feel like we've kind of been through the ringer once and that, you know, if, if anything happens again, that we have the ability to, to bounce back, but I don't know, Mark, maybe you could kind of describe where we were and like how we got yeah. to where we are now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, when we, uh, if you're referring to when we were, we lived out in Arizona, you know, years ago, um, you know, we went out there just to kind of, we were just married, went out there, try to start a new life for ourselves and we're doing pretty well. And then, um, I think that, that was when the economy fell apart back in 2008 and, you know, we had just purchased a home and all that. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're living in this house that we paid, you know, a whole bunch of money for and uh, literally the house across the street from us and our next door neighbor uh, house uh, sold on the market on a short sale for about 40 percent of what we paid for our house, you know, overnight. So that was like, oh, gosh, that sort of fell apart. So, um yeah, we were. Yeah, and we've just found ourselves um, upside down on our house, and then also in a ton of credit card debt as well. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then we moved back to New Hampshire and just kind of started scraping together an income. Yeah, it's great. Um, just I was taking jobs wherever I could. You were you had you were doing part time work. We're just kind of doing whatever we could to scrape together some income. And yeah. Get ourselves back together and yeah. Yeah. And so I, my background is, um, I, you know, went to school, um, for English teaching. So I have a a degree in English teaching and then had spent, you know, my years out of college as a high school English teacher. Um, and Mark has a degree in history and then a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. (laughs) So, um, I love that about your story that Mark has a degree, a uh, master's in marriage and family therapy because <laughs> it, it suits so well, um, kind of the path that you're on now and being with your kids so much. And um, I kind of see you guys speaking into to the lives of, of other um, maybe young married couples, but also people like, like me who have been doing it for a little while. So I would love to go there a little bit. I know Mark too had a plumbing business and didn't you guys mostly build your house though from the ground up on your own with some contractors? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we built our house. I mean, uh, you know, I, I joke around with people and say, you know, we did, uh, we did a little bit of everything (laughs) and, and, and most of a few things, you know, we, Uh it was this, a team effort for that whole thing. Um, but, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the marriage and family therapy degree. That was, uh, that was something that was just kind of an interest that developed, uh, of mine. You know, I picked up a book you know, it's, you kind of have, have, have these moments where you have these coincidences and, and things just seem to line up in a way that makes sense to you. And, you know, I picked up a book on random on, on, uh, on Amazon, you know, when my daughter was born and, you know, she was probably around a year, year and a half. And we're just like, you know, that's about the time you really realize, like you really realize you have no idea what you're doing. as a parent. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden this life comes out and you're like, oh, my God, what the what the hell is going to happen now? You know, <laughs> and, and you just have no idea what's going on. And then, then you really get it. Right. So I, I went on Amazon and I had no idea what I was looking for. And I, I found this book, this book called Children, the Challenge. And it just looked like I had no idea who it was about the author or anything. It just had a nice cover. And I thought, oh, I'll try. I'll buy this book. And so I started reading that book. And it turns out that that's written by, you know, one of the one of the leading experts, you know, in the world in, in and in a, in a in a line of people who are who've just been doing children training and children teaching uh, and, and speaking to the lives of kids for for, for years and um, and so I so I got this book. I read. I loved it. And then I started, you know, reading the bibliography. I was looking online for classes, and I found I found this university that actually was that was very affiliated with uh, the man who wrote Children the Challenge, which is uh, his name is Rudolf Dreikers. And um, I just I, I was like, let me I'll take a couple classes. And uh, that turned into you know, well, I've taken a couple classes. I might as well just finish the degree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's that's where that came from. Just and it just came from a just uh, I guess I mean I hate to use well it, it just came from a, a deep interest on my part in the subject matter and just just and just this idea that there is a way to raise children and 
raise kids without, you know, it being just a, <laughs> a bloodbath, yeah. you know, without it being a nightmare, you know, it, you know, without having to be, without having to, to be mean and to, to yell and to punish and to do all these sorts of things. You know, there's, there, there, there's different and better ways, I think, to, to interact with kids. And that's, that's what, that's what really turned me on to this degree and wanting to go down this path. Yeah. You know, it feels like positive parenting, this trend towards learning how to do that is kind of um, on the up right now. You know, I feel like people are talking about it more. I'm certainly reading about it more. Yeah. I think there's definitely a ton more resources out there now Yeah, in regard to peaceful parenting and also just trying to like understand the perspective of the child. Um, Yeah. Well, the reason I say that is because I think it's being talked about more now, but it sounds like you guys were kind of like catching on to this earlier. Um, I feel like I didn't read books or do anything like that at the beginning stages of my parenting because I just kind of thought, well, we'll just see what naturally happens, right? We'll just see how I respond to things. And I have learned over the years that like that doesn't work, right? (laughs) Um, So I would love to hear how you've kind of implemented those philosophies from the early days on to now, because now your kids, Sophia's 10, right? She's your oldest. Yep. Sophia's 10, Jack is seven, and our youngest, Liam, is four. Okay. So let's go Um, back to the beginning. Have you guys been practicing um, this sort of positive parenting from the start? Practicing is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because, I mean, even though you know, even the goal is to, to handle this each situation peacefully, but that doesn't mean that we don't raise our voice or lose our temper or like, yeah. you know, stumble through. Constantly yeah. Mistakes constantly make <laughs> mistakes. And, um, but I think we, so, you know, Mark was the one who was really sort of passionate about it and really just took a deep dive into any book that he could get his hands on. Um, you know, and then he would say, you got to read this book, you got to read this book. And, you know, I honestly, like, I was like, I'm nursing, I've got a toddler, <laughs> I don't have time to read these books. You know, I was like, where's, where's the bullet point? Like, where's yeah. the, where, where, you know, where's the easy to consume, like, version of this? Because a lot of the, the books that he was reading so just, were just, kind just, of... <laughs> just as an interjection here, I actually wrote her a bullet point. No, you didn't. <laughs> and she was still too busy. No she way. Did, so there was a bullet point but anyway (laughs) do you know that this sounds so opposite of like the norm the culture norm like I feel like I'm constantly reading books and I'm like begging my husband to read the books that's true yeah you know and it's interesting because just recently kind of in our own family dynamic um we've sort of flip-flopped roles where Mark is now this stay-at-home parent yeah um and I'm working full-time um, so he's the one who's doing the, the majority of the homeschooling. I mean, pretty much all the homeschooling. Um, and I'm the one who's, I'm still working from home, but I'm, you know, I'm working a full work week now. So it's definitely different than like your, your social norm or like the typical sort of cookie cutter idea of like what right. the father's role looks like, but, um, it seems to be working for us. I'm the dad in the Tide commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. How did you guys make that switch from you being, Sarah, the main homeschooling parent to Mark doing it? I think that's what we, it's what we wanted for a long time. Um, And it's just that, you know, you kind of have a dream for something. You're like, okay, when you have, you know, it's like in order to take this big step, you know, we need to have A, B, and C be in order, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but you know, more, to, more often than not, A, B and C never get in order and, you know, maybe A never gets in order too. So it's like, you've just, we just, I think there are some, there are some things that happen and, and we just decided, you know, now's the time to make a jump. You know, we can, we can make some adjustments in our lives. Um, and we can, we can, we can figure out a way to make this happen. And so we decide, you know, so I, we decided, you know, back in the early part of last summer that I was going to, I was going to start winding down my business, winding down, finishing up all the work I had, finishing all that stuff up, um, you know, part ways with my, uh, the, the, the people that were working for me. And, um, you know, I was going to, uh, be at home. Yeah. And, uh, 
I think it was an idea for and and a goal for a really long time. I mean, um, you know, Mark has actually had arthritis in his neck that was really exacerbated by by work by the plumbing by work by the work that he was doing. Um, and so I always felt like I wanted to give him some relief and so that he didn't have to like physically, you know, break his body to make ends meet for our family. And, you know, and I, I honestly like just really enjoy working and creating and kind of, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and, um, you know, and clearly Mark is super passionate about, understanding childhood development and understanding, you know, what it means to, to kind of discipline and raise kids. And so, you know, our passions were kind of like opposite of the roles that we were playing. And so we just decided that if everybody in the family was going to thrive, including ourselves, that we, we needed to make a change, um, or else the stress levels and the frustration would just keep escalating. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sure. That's, it's a good way to put it. <laughs> so everybody's in this kind of state of feeling overwhelmed right now. Most people are in America because um, I'm talking about pater- parents in particular uh, for this specific episode uh, because a lot of us are have found ourselves at home with our kids. Some of us maybe not working outside the home. Some of us still trying to run our jobs while taking care of our kids and homeschooling them and um you know, I'm of the school of thought right now for my family that like I just need to like not overthink trying to make sure they're getting schoolwork in because it doesn't feel um, super feasible right now um, with mm-hmm. a baby, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and a seven-year-old. Um, totally. And my husband and I are both trying to work right now. So I think that going into this, my thought is like I want everybody to feel like whatever level – of work you're putting in to make sure your kid is doing 30 minutes, one hour, three hours, whatever it is of actual work each day while we're on this weird break from school. Like there is no judgment. There is no right. There is no wrong. There is no perfect way. But I think that we can all take suggestions and tips and advice from someone who's willingly doing this on their own without being forced to um, because of COVID-19 going on. So let's just start there. What are some basic principles you guys follow daily, you know, on a Monday through Friday basis when your kids are doing schoolwork? Yeah. So one of the, I mean, the first thing that we do really, you know, um, we, I, we do have a morning routine, a, a routine that we, we follow pretty much every every weekday. And the biggest part of that, you know, that, you know, that includes, you know, getting getting yourself dressed, you know, dishes, all that, you know, cleaning up, you know, eating breakfast, all that stuff. But the, the, but the biggest part of it that we do afterwards that I think is that um, before we start doing any lessons or any, you know, work um, in that respect is we're doing something together as a family, you know, whether it's, um, you know, in, you know, weeks before when we still had snow where we were at, we were, you know, we were getting on our snow gear and going outside and just being, and I, you know, and I'm, you know, genuinely trying to interact with them and genuinely trying to play with them, you know, for as long as I can, you know, outside is easier for me. I do much better in the woods. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of magic when you take kids out into the woods, if you have forests nearby, that's a really cool thing. Um, but just, but the idea is spending some genuine time with them to build a connection um, because I mean, I'm convinced that, you know, I mean, 90% of this just comes from, you know, making that connection first of all. Right. I mean, you're much more, anyone, you have a relationship, you're, you're just much more likely to have some, have some traction and some flexibility when you, you feel like you're connected. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, when I think back to, you know, a couple of years ago when, when I was the one who was doing the homeschooling and then I was also doing a bit more freelance writing and I was, um, doing some blogging for women's running magazine. And, um, and, and then also I had just started rise run retreat. So I was like juggling a lot of stuff in that regard. Um, and the kids were still really little. And I, I started to notice a pattern where, you know, if I started the day, with my to-do list as top of mind and like got them eating their breakfast and then tried to like knock out a few emails and then like, um, you know, tried to get into that. 
what I noticed is that like they would finish breakfast and have no real direction as to like, uh-huh. oh, what's the next thing? And then it would kind of dissolve into like a little bit of chaos. And mm-hmm. I was still like engaged in email and like wanted to finish that. And um, and so what I found, the and it wasn't perfect every day, but what I tried to do um, is like just be really present and focused for like breakfast and then 30 minutes after just whether that's like sitting on the floor for that at that point they were really little so like sit on the floor and play or read aloud some books and just the way I thought of it is like make a deposit of connection early on and it's going to pay dividends later on in the afternoon um when I could like one would nap and then the other two were just more apt to play quietly if I had already spent some time with them so I think that connection piece is kind of big and it's something that we still do now. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I mean, um, yeah, to, um, to, to really underscore the connection part, because I think sometimes it's tempting, you know, especially when you get that kind of question to, or at least maybe for me to respond with, you know, to come up with, okay, here, you know, here are the bullet points. Here mm-hmm, are the mm-hmm. five quick, five quick things to whatever, you know, you know, and, you know, see that online, you see it on the internet, you see it on the social, social media all the time, these, you know, memes, quick fixes, quick techniques. And, and there may or may not be a place for those, but, but I think, I think the problem with that is, is, is you think, okay, I got all, I got this plan for how I'm going to deal with, with every situation. And then, you know, like you said so well earlier, you know, you got, you know, you, you and your husband are both trying to work. You've got four kids, you've got all this, you've got this sort of tsunami of life happening and, you know, to go in and expect like, you know, you're going to go in with these, 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 these tactics and everything's going to be perfect. It's just like, that's just begging for, you know, something to explode and, and it, you know, for it to be a disaster. So, you know, there's a place for, you know, doing this and doing that, but it's, it's the, the more time you can spend cultivating and, and building a connection first thing and, and just little, you know, reconnection times throughout the day. I think you're just, I, if you did that for a day, for two days, for three days in a row, just sort of committed to do that for a few days, your, your mind would be blown as to the difference that is, that will be made in your, in your home. Yeah. So, and I think too, like just approaching, I think our approach Monday, you know, like you said, you know, you were kind of asking like, what's our, what's our approach? Like what's our, our schedule or whatever. But you know, the schedule is secondary to, you know, our main focus is that each kid feels, um, encouraged, well, connected, encouraged and confident, Um, and so if they're feeling connected, encouraged and confident, then they're just more likely to be in a place where they will want to sit down and maybe do something that's more academically focused. Um, whereas if you're trying to force the academics and like have a, have a rigid, you know, like, okay, we're going to sit and do this right now. Um, if, if the focus is adhering to a schedule, then it's probably going to blow up in your face. But if the focus is keeping everybody encouraged. And like you said, I mean, you've got four kids, got a baby, like there's so much going on. Like it's okay not to focus on the academics right now. It's okay to focus on just making sure everybody feels good. You know, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, um, just the idea that, um, you know, so Sarah was saying, she was saying, you know, not to follow a schedule, you know, follow, you know, just to, to keep things encouraged, keep people, and keep the relationship going. Um, take lots of breaks mm. and listen to your kids, you know, bids for taking breaks. You know, I mean, we take lots of breaks. We, we start off with a big break outside. We do, you know, we do our lessons and say, dad, I need a break. And, you know, a break is, you know, my son, yeah. one kid, you know, my son will go off and play Legos. My daughter will maybe will go out and ride her bike for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, and, you know, maybe the fear might be, oh, they're going to take a break and it's going to be for the rest of the day and I'm going to lose them. And, um, it's probably not going to happen, you know, because, yeah. you know, they're, that's, they feel the, uh, they feel the connection that they, they feel that this is something that you're doing. This is, this is what the family's doing. This is, this is the goal. And, and they're happy to be on board with that as long as they feel respected and they're able to get some, get some space to, uh, get some room to have their own space and to take a break when they need to. Um, I think that shows that they are sort of what's important rather than an agenda. You know, I took that advice from you, Sarah, when you posted the schedule um, 
you know, they had like that COVID-19 schedule, like here, follow this to get your kids. And then you made one and I loved it because you said, I made this with Sophia. I made this with my daughter. And so Mm -hmm. yesterday morning I was like, okay, I'm going to come up with like a loose idea of like just mostly like different buckets we can hit throughout the day. Like, you know, let's give cadence. That's our dog. Let's give cadence some love for 10 minutes. Let's make sure we incorporate that into the day. And I had my oldest sit down with me and I say, why don't you write down all the things you want to do today first? Let's like write that down. And then we added in like some other things. And let me be honest here. I did about 15 minutes of math problems with him and that was it yesterday (laughs) Um, as far as academics go. But I felt like including him in deciding how the day might look was super helpful in in how he reacted to it. Totally. I think that's huge is just getting input from your kids and, and, you know, creating a situation where they feel like they're part of it and they're much more likely to buy into whatever you're going to do if, if they feel like they contributed to it. How do you guys decide on a typical homeschooling day, what kind of like schedule to follow as far as, um, you know, I know you mentioned the connection is first, but like at some point you do have to like get to the work. So how do you decide when to schedule things and when is top amount of time we can spend on a subject before we do need one of those breaks? Even if they aren't choosing to do the break, I need to be like, hey, let's take a break. Yeah, I mean, a real, I mean, one simple thing that we do is I set a, a timer. We have a visual timer. Okay. Uh, and those work fantastic. Those are those are like a magic bullet for raising kids. I highly recommend those. So we we have a we have a we have a, a visual timer, and I set that for 25 minutes. And wherever wherever we're at. You know, if we're if we're if we're trying to do like a like a big chunk of of, of lessons or whatever, you know, I'll set that and wh- wherever we're at in that lesson, you know, when that goes off, we all stand up. Um, I don't know if you remember our house at all, but we all you know mm-hmm. we all just kind of in a line and we walk around the house. It's like a follow the leader type of thing. We kind of play a game, and uh, you know, when we all get back to the table, I, I say you know I, I I try to engage them each one of them just very briefly to try to just you know, recapitulate whatever it is they're learning, you know, even if, even if it's just like one word, you know, just give me one word, give me one word, you know, that's, that's, that's related to what you're, you're just learning. And then, then we get back into it. So there's sort of a, there's sort of a quick flow that sort of a built in Mm -hmm. flow that happens there where, you know, just breaks things up. So, so we don't Mm kind of, kind of lose our minds because, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes you can really get into things and, and they can get really focused and then you realize, oh, we've been on this for, for an hour and everyone's sort of like, you know, oh, my gosh, we, we really need a break now, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think setting the timer sort of is like this preemptive break before getting to that point where everyone where you lose everybody mm. um, and it gets a little out of control. But, you know, in terms of our, our daily schedule, I mean, we we have a curriculum um, that we follow Um, they have a mix of kind of online, um, some program that we use online, um, as well as some, um, analog work as well. And, um, they're really free, like in the, in the morning, Mark, Mark types up their schedule of what, what they're supposed to get done. Yeah. And they have that list and they're free to kind of work through the subject in whatever order they want to. It's not like they have to adhere to a certain order. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes when they're feeling super motivated, they'll, they'll be done. Like Sophia will, will zip right through her work and be done before lunch, before lunch. And then Jack tends to be a little slower moving, you know, slower moving and kind of, you know, he just plugs, he's steady. He's steady. He just kind of plugs away at his work, but you know, he usually wraps up around, I don't know, two or three he's, he's done. And, but I mean, honestly, I mean, my goal is to be in, we might have to talk about this a little bit more, but I mean, my goal is to be involved as little as possible. Mm, okay. And and when, and when I say that, what I mean is is to you know they you know we have communicated an expectation, and um, there's an expectation for the day, and and the goal is to just to sort of let them go to their day and and just be and take ownership of it and do as much with it as they they can. And of course, I'm there for help and support and questions and and all that, but. 
you know, that's that's really kind of what our our goal is. Mm. If that makes sense. And I would say that that the older two, the, um, the ten and the seven year old are are there, and then our yeah. youngest, who's four. four um, definitely needs a oh, lot sure, more sure, direction. Sure. And, um, you know, like even today, um, he, you know, I was kind of alongside them doing work and he kept poking at my keyboard while I was trying to <laughs> try to get some work done. And like, you know, he was like just randomly poking any key that his finger would hit mm-hmm. and repeatedly doing this. And so eventually I was like, I closed my computer and I said, what do you need? And he said, I need a snuggle. And so he just curled up in my lap for a little bit and he snuggled for a little bit. And then he got his little fix of snuggle and then he left and then he stopped poking my keyboard. But, you know, it's just stuff like that um, happens, you know, and and so we tend to try and figure out, you know, why is this happening and then meet that need or redirect whenever that's necessary. So nothing is like. I shouldn't say heartbreaking. This is not heartbreaking, but nothing like gets my heart more than when I'm like trying to work at my computer and Russ, he's my number three and he is three. Um, I'm like typing on my computer and I'm trying to get him to watch a show to take a rest in the middle of the day. Cause that's usually the time where I can knock out, you know, like a good hour and a half of work um, mm-hmm. on the days that they're not at daycare. And he says, I want you mommy. And I'm like, oh, dang it. I got to close this computer. Like, that's all he wants. He wants me, mommy, you know, like, um, and I know that when they see the computer out, it's, it's, it's them thinking in their head, oh, I actually want her attention right now. Um, so I think that's really cool though, that you guys kind of do your work alongside them. Yeah. Yeah. As much as possible. I mean, there's some things like, like if I'm, writing I I have a really hard time like composing my thoughts if I'm with them but there are other tasks that I can do while I'm with them that you know whether it's like doing a little bit of graphic design or like you know you know working on some other emails or you know little things like that like I feel like I can work alongside them because I can sort of be mentally available but but then there are some things where I feel like I have to I have to go into a room and be by myself and close the door um, to really focus so. I mean, I'm there with them all the time because it's, it's kind of my job right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, but I, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm there at the table with them. I'm there at the same room with them. You know, I'm, I'm usually working on, on something else, on something on my own. But and, and, and just as a, as a note, I, there, I mean, there can be a, a huge difference in, you know, just physical presence as opposed to doing something in the other room. Right. If I if both of us go in the other room to do something, you know, it's pretty, oh, yeah. pretty good chance all hell's going to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what happened yesterday when oh, yeah. Sophia was making, she was making granola bars oh, in the yeah. kitchen and Mark and I were both like doing work in another room and the boys like, yeah, all hell broke loose because <laughs> the boys wanted the chocolate chips and Sophia yeah. didn't want them in the kitchen and yeah. I know you, I know that you guys, like you mentioned this earlier, I know that you mess up too and like not, not everything is perfect, but like how do you... um consciously decide and what are some things you do in your own head when shit hits the fan and kids are going crazy and you just want to scream like how do you control yourself to think okay yelling right now might feel good for me for five seconds but like that's not gonna help this problem like how do you walk yourself through that um usually if I get to kind of the brink like that and am aware enough that that I haven't yelled yet um (laughs) Usually, usually I'll just, I come into the bedroom and I shut the door, um, and lock the door and, and just kind of let myself calm down. That's sort of my tactic. And then, you know, and then once I calm down, then I can think like, okay, this is what I want to say to diffuse the situation, you know, and sometimes, and you know, it's funny because like the kids know they're like, Oh, the mom went into the bedroom. (laughs) It must be bad. (laughs) Because we've had that conversation with them, you know. That um, yeah. 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 How but, do you talk to him about it? I'm just, I'm just kind of matter of factly just say, you know, sometimes, you know, when mommy and daddy aren't having fun, we need to go, you know, take a break, you know, you know, go somewhere and be alone mm-hmm. so that we don't get angry, we don't get upset because, yeah. you know, because they know what upset is, you know, mm-hmm. they don't want us upset, you know. Yeah. That's, I think too, just like trying to articulate 
the emotion, like the emotion, you know, frustration, anger, whatever, you know, sometimes I'll just say like, I am really, you know, and it's like in this tone of voice, I am really angry right now. Mm, (laughs) And I'm just going to go in the bedroom and I'll come out when I'm ready. Like usually it's something along those lines. Um, And and it works as good modeling for them because I mean, that's kind of our goal for them to do too, right? When they, when they get upset, when they, you know, when they're, when they're ready to start yelling at each other or when they're ready to start hitting each other or, or, or whatever, you know, um, we, it's our goal for them to just be, to, to have that awareness and to walk away and to calm down, um, which actually does happen sometimes, you know, believe it or not. But, you know, so that's, so it's, it's just a way of modeling, you know, a, probably yeah, a healthy model. way of diffusing conflict yeah. and aggression. Yeah. So. I have heard Sarah talk about you, Mark, leading meditation with the kids. So talk to us about that. How do we implement that with our own families? Because I have oftentimes, ever since she said that, and I mentioned that Deepak Chopra book that I've read, I'm like, I would really love to incorporate that into our everyday lives, but it almost feels impossible right now, to be honest. And I know it's not. Right. So, I mean, I can tell you literally, I mean, exactly what we do is... um you know, so, so, in the, you know, so what I'll do, um, I'm a big believer in movement. I'm a big believer in movement for, you know, at all ages. Right. I mean, that's, there's some magic that happens when we move. Um, but, uh, so what we do is we start off, we, we get in a, we get in a line, kind of a follow the leader line. We do a, a few, uh, we, we walk around the house a little bit, kind of, you know, do some goofy things, arm movements, you know, follow the leader type stuff. And that just kind of gets them engaged, gets them, you know, gets them to kind of, uh, and 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 then what I do is I have them sit down and I, and I and I already have some some relaxing music playing in the background, and at first we're just doing a minute. I say, hey guys, just for a minute, we're gonna close our eyes, we're gonna take deep breaths, and I want you to think of you know the last time something really exciting happened that you really loved, you really loved it. I want you to think about it for the last, you know you know maybe you were, it was you know maybe the last time you had the piece of candy you really loved, you know. And I want you to notice, I want you to think about how you feel, visualize it, see it. And then, and then say, now I want you to think of something that, that the last time, something that really, really angered you, that really got you mad. And it's funny because, because I'm looking at them, I've got my eyes open and you can see their faces change. You know, they can <laughs> see, you can, they've got this sort of inner narrative that's going on with what I'm telling them. And, you know, and then, then a minute goes by and then we just, we just stop, you know, I say, okay, now we're just going to take some breaths. We're going to open our eyes. And then we're going to take a big stretch and, and, um, you know, sometimes we have a fun word that we're all going to, that we'll all yell out together to just say, be like, Hey, now we're going to go, you know, go team or, you know, something, something kind of silly like that. But one thing that's really cool and, um, that I've been trying to do is, is use narrative, use storytelling, um, to try and develop some sort of a metaphor with them, you know, like, you know, like I'll, I'll just, I'll just start telling the story like, okay, now we're going to close your eyes and I want you to picture yourself out you know, outside in the snow, because it just snowed, and, and you've got a ball of snow, and you can feel how cold it is. And I just try to be very descriptive, um, you know, tactile descriptions to try to, to really help them get some, get their senses wrapped around it, you know, and, and you're starting to roll this ball of snow, and the ball of snow gets bigger. And whatever, it, you know, whatever the story is, you know, maybe I'm trying to build a metaphor that has some connection to, you know, being calm, or maybe, it, you know, or, or creativity or something. And regardless of whether or not they get the metaphor, you know, it's, it's there, and they're, they're still relaxed, and they're still calm, and they're still experiencing the whole, um, well, the, the whole experience of what meditation is, this, this idea of, of being able to quiet yourself for a brief moment. Um, you know, I mean, who knows what's going on in their heads, but they they seem to be quiet. They seem to enjoy it, and it seems to be helpful. So, yeah, I, does that make sense? Does that yeah. make sense at all? I love the yeah. storytelling piece because that just made it way more. Uh, it made it feel like it was possible when you said that. Because at first, when I picture meditation, I'm like, "Ain't no way my kids are doing that." Like, no way. Right. But if mm-hmm. I if I'm telling that story, like when you were talking about how having them think of how something made them feel and actually bringing up specific moments and things like that. I think that my kids would buy in. I mean, at least my older two for now, you know, cause I, I'm like, how do I get them to just sit there quietly? They need a little, it's guided. It's a guided meditation, which yeah. we need well, as adults. It's a completely guided meditation. And, and you know what though? I, I would sell yourself too short though, because I mean, to be honest, our, our kids are, crazy wild <laughs> they're not docile you know you know I don't, you know they they are they okay. are off the wall and they're having fun so it's you know i it, you know it's it's 
it just uh, yeah. it just takes it's the ability you know the, the willingness to try it and be really bad at it at first and and get a little better as you go like you know like everything else yeah so but I think yeah I think that the the part about it being a guided meditation um, is is really important for kids because expecting them to sit. Um, for however long and just be in tune with their breath. Like yeah, that's, that's, ridiculous. that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it does. There has to be that element of storytelling yeah. in it where you're get, I mean, really, cause the goal is to help them sort of be inside their own body, be inside their own mind. Um, and kind of tap into that imagination, you know, in a way where, where they're, I should start recording them. Yeah. <laughs> you should. You, know, you should do a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in a way that they can, you know, be in a calm physical state, but then they're, you know, have their mind kind of having some control over their mind where they're asking their mind to imagine something or to, to picture something or to feel something like that kind of. I don't know, dexterity with your, with yeah. your mental, with yeah. your thoughts and, and, um, and your mind I think is, is, is important, but y- yeah, y- you want it to be guided and, yeah. um, in order to keep them engaged. Right. You, you do it in the mornings, right? Yes. Yep. yep. Okay. So I have two follow up questions. One is I could see myself doing this, but there's no way I could get my husband to do it. So my question is, Sarah, do you ever jump in when Mark's gone? Um, no, well, let's see. Not recently. I did a medit. I did like a 10 breath meditation with Jack not that long ago because he was having a really hard time falling asleep at night. So I actually just stood by his bedside and we like, we counted the breaths together and, um, just kind of led him through this, this meditation because they were, they were actually super, we were actually away the boys were sleeping. We were in a hotel room. So the boys were sleeping in the same bed and they were so wound up and they would not calm down. And so I just laid down in the, this queen size bed between the two of them to give some separation. And I just, I don't even know what Liam was doing, but Jack was the one who kind of needed to calm down. So I just went through and we just kind of did this like, you know, I was like, we're going to, you know, just led him through like 10 breaths. And then with each breath, I had him like imagine something or picture something. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've used it, but it, I tend to use it like instead of starting the day with it or whatever, yeah. I tend to kind of use it on the fly in situations yeah. Yeah. where it, it feels applicable. So, well, that's really good too, though, because they know it. Like you're not just yeah. like throwing, this is like something that a practice that they're used to doing. So it's like a familiar territory. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything special or crazy. You could just start with like a minute, like what, what Mark said, 60 seconds of just like being aware of your breath or like imagining something, you know, yeah, just yeah, closing like a six, your eyes. Yeah. Like yeah. a 60 second guided. I mean, that's, that's important. You know, like it just, I mean, if you can come up with it, just a quick story in your head, you know, and just, uh, and just and just let that be for the minute and and try and, and if if they do it for the minute you know just stop it right because you don't want to push it too far you know yeah. it's 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 easy that, that's one thing that I, that I noticed when I first started being at home right it's just it's I, I kept falling into the trap of trying to do too much trying to push mm-hmm. too much and that just causes problems and I think you know so so people are thrown into this um, you know right now you know, I mean, you know, maybe some people are thinking like, oh man, there's no way I can do this. And maybe some people are thinking like, yeah, I totally got this. I'm going to crush it. And I, and, 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 and I hope you do, but just be aware that there's a temptation to just go, at least for me to just to do too much. And then, and then you've, and then you sort of lost it. It's really hard to get the day back, you know, when, when you kind of push too hard sometimes, if that makes sense. Wow. That's really good advice. I do. I, I do hear what you're saying too. I think that that's actual applicable for not just being home with the kids all the time like any any kind of like new project you're excited about you're like I'm gonna do this 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 and five days go by and you're like whoa what did I just do you know yeah Yeah, totally yeah um what was my other follow-up meditation question oh okay my other follow-up question was I 
I really want to implement this in the mornings and I'm, I'm going to commit to doing it. My word for 2020 is commit. So I'm going to commit. I'm not going to overcommit like we just, <laughs> we just talked about that, but I'm going to commit. I picture our mornings and everybody kind of staggers down at different times and mm-hmm. different people go to different things. Somebody's eating, somebody might have a show on, someone might be tinkering around doing Lord knows what in the bathroom, you know. Um, how do you... <laughs> with or without pants. <laughs> right, right. And, and probably running out butt naked. Um, <laughs> how do you like assess the situation and say, okay, now's a good time and, and everybody's going to come together and we're going to do this? Because I, I know that might sound weird to some people, but I have a really hard time getting all of them together at once to be quite honest. Well, I just think, I mean, so how do we do it? I mean, yeah, I mean, we definitely have a similar situation. It's yeah. Everyone sort of comes down at different times. Um, kind of, yeah, everyone's doing something different. Um, I think it's just, we've just sort of, you know, if you imagine like a funnel, it's just, I guess we're just at the point now where I, you know, I'll, I'll say this way. Okay. It's time that time to, Time to start thinking about doing this, you know, if we're going to, and then I'll, you know, remind the other one, remind the other one. And it just kind of, it's at the point now where, you know, we only have to, you know, have to remind them once. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably because, I mean, really since we've kind of been in this, this morning routine that we do since October, mm -hmm, I would say. mm -hmm. So by now that, that morning routine is pretty reinforced. And so it is kind of easy to gather them all together, but Prior to that that morning routine being enforced, I would say we really weren't doing the meditation. Mm. Um, well, because you were working, right, and I, was I working. you know, and so the kids were doing like they were all in, you know, a bunch of different directions. I, I well, I mean, may, maybe it's just that I mean, I right, like I said, this is I mean, this is my job now, and this is and this is what I, I mean, that's sort of what I, I see it as that's sort of my job to to get to sort of get everyone. To shift the habit, right? Because you know, if they were, I mean, you know, they were in a habit of doing some something one way for forever, and then it just takes a little bit of time to get them into a different habit, right? Just because you have one habit doesn't mean you can't change your habits, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, do you use the timer for it? Oh, the time. The time. It's so. It works. You'll have so to well. link to this. It's we're called so the time timer, but in time timer. in your show notes. But um, yeah, it's a really great resource because they can actually see the time disappearing yeah. as it. As it's not just like a, a an audio timer that dings. They can actually see the time. See the time ticking dis- away. Ticking yeah. away. Um, <laughs> so so and so I'll I'll set up that time and say, hey guys, I got the timer, and I and I'll say, you know, you should you should be able to have this all done in this amount of time, and I'll set the timer. And it's when I set that timer, it's there's a you know you can see the urgency that kind of that 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 comes over their face, and they say, oh yeah, that's right, we we got to get going on this. Yeah. And um, it's very helpful. Very yeah. Helpful. So I think that's a good resource that you could use like in the morning, you know, as people are kind of coming down to have breakfast is like set the timer and be like, OK, this when this timer goes off, we're all going to go in the living room and, you know, we're going to try this new thing. And the thing, too, to remember is like anytime you're trying to introduce something new, it's going to be messy. And it's at first and it's yeah. not going to go very well, you know, but just to keep at it. And eventually things will start to kind of pull together and, and you'll start to see some, um, some, you know, some positive things yeah. coming out of it. And I think the nuts and bolts of it are, um, you know, like, you know, so we got this timer set and, um, you know, there, uh, you know, there can be anxiety, right, with with deadlines, with like, oh, the timer's out. But so the way we handle it is, um, you know, this is this is the timer. If the timer runs out then, you know, we, we just say, the timer ran out, you know, let's try it again, right? Let's, and mm-hmm. maybe with a little bit less time, right? I mean, trying again, trying again, always, whatever you're, whatever you're doing, you know, it's like, kids just need a chance to try again. They need to believe that they, I, I, my personal opinion is they, 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 they need to believe they have the chance to try again mm. because, I mean, because they're just learning everything, everything they're just learning that, you know, so um, I, th- that takes away a lot of the, the anxiety, I yeah, think, the and then of it. you know, anxiety in your own kids comes across as like tantrums, tantrums and, and fits yeah. and and fighting, fighting and things yeah. like that. So I think if they feel like this is know, meant to help me, not another yeah. thing that I have to deal with. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. If they feel that they can, they have an opportunity to to try again and get it right, then 
I think the the cooperation is is much more likely. Yeah. I like that word opportunity. I've been trying to incorporate that a lot more. Like you have the opportunity to make a good choice this next time. You have the opportunity to turn this around. You have the opportunity to yeah. do what I'm asking you to do. So let's try again. Um, here's just a random question and, and we'll get moving on and wrap up the podcast. But I'm just curious as, as a fellow parent of uh, maybe rowdy kids. <laughs> yeah. What is your gut reaction and what have you kind of trained yourself to do when one of your kids, say, hits the other kid? What's the consequence there? Yeah. Um, I try not to make a big deal of it. Okay. I try not to make a big deal of anything unless okay. it actually is a real deal, right? Um, yeah. You know, um, here's the thing. You know, kids – yeah, up to a certain age. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's acceptable, but it's understandable that kids, you know, use their bodies because they're still learning to use words. They're still, and that's 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 a learning process. And and I, I'm comfortable with there being a little bit of messiness there. Um, but like I said, I don't make a big deal of it. I'll usually just um, whoever hit or whatever, I'll put a hand uh, on on a, on a shoulder or something. I'll, I'll try to direct them aside or whatever. And to be honest, I'll get down there. I'll give them a hug. I'll remind them that I love them and I'll ask them not to do that again. And that's it. Um, that's scandalous to a lot of people, I think. But yeah, yeah, that, for sure. You know, that's it. And the funny thing is, is our kids don't hit each other that much. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I think that my immediate response to that is I always, I don't know if you guys get this, but I always get this from like my parents. I feel like they think I'm being a pushover. You know, because we grew up in a generation where like our, you know, we had this like, maybe you guys didn't, but I did like, you just knew, like you didn't talk oh. to your mom that way. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And you didn't want to know what those consequences are. So I feel like judged sometimes from the older generation that I'm a pushover when I don't say, you better think twice about acting like that, you know? Yeah, right. yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. I was you know, raised in a, a pretty conservative household that, you know, with pretty um, strict discipline. Um, and so, yeah, in, in some regard, there is a, sort of that level of like, you know, and especially to like, you know, whether it's, you know, with if you're with your in-laws or your own parents or you're at the playground or, you know, whatever, um, a lot of, you know, our, our response like tends to be subdued. And so it's not what the norm that people are expecting. Um, yeah. you know, so that there can definitely be that sort of level of like, Oh, we're, we're getting judged for not taking action. Yeah. But, um, I do think, I do think that like, remaining calm instead of like kind of whipping around and be like, wait, did you, what did you just do to your brother? And like, you know, kind of escalating the whole situation. I think, um, I think remaining calm and, and using kind of as little words as possible. Yeah. That's important. Um, mm. is actually like way more effective long-term than like a quick outburst and like a, a like swift punish swift and like well that doesn't you know, yeah, punishment that's not at all. so <laughs> yeah I think I think um the uh um where's I going with this the you know the the idea right I mean you know the cycle the human psychology principle is that people do better when they feel better mm. um, mm -hmm. especially kids children do better when they feel better and. I don't think it feels very good to a kid when you get in their face and scold them. Mm. Um, and if they are, and if their behavior is changing, uh, it's not because of anything internal. Um, I'd be willing to bet if you, if you could crack open their heads and, and read what's going on inside their heads that they'd be feeling, man, I'm only behaving so that this dude it doesn't get pissed off at me again. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. which uh, is, you know, behaving out of fear. Yeah. Behaving out yeah. of fear instead of, instead well, of out of an intrinsic sort of, desire to like cooperate or, yeah, or yeah, do the right thing or do, work together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To create, to, to create a relationship, you yeah. know, it's, that's kids do better when they feel better. I think, you know, um, 
And sometimes as an adult, as a parent, you need to learn. It's always about, you know, kids, kids got to respect adults. Kids got to respect. And, and sure, we all need to respect each other. So part of that is adults and parents need to learn to respect their kids. Um, and that's and that's really that can be tough sometimes. It can be a tough pill to swallow because that's kind of the opposite. I mean, I was I was raised in sort of the, the opposite sort of home, but I was I went to a very hardcore uh, religious school where I was spanked at least once a week. Mm. Not, oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's you know that certainly didn't make me feel good. <laughs> I feel like we're too old for that. Like I mean, young for that. I feel like that was our parents' generation. I'm so surprised to hear that. Yeah, it was. It was kind of one of those. Di- the school is not around anymore. It's, <laughs> they, it's gone. They're <laughs> out of business. Business, but um, you wow. know, it was a private school. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was a. Pro- you know, yeah. yeah. Pretty wow. hardcore religious. Okay, I've got one more question before we do into podcast, which. I don't remember if I sent you these, but you guys will do just fine. Um, <laughs> my question is prioritizing marriage while you're go- walking through raising young kids. Um, and one of the things I notice, and I don't know if you guys deal with this, is I notice that when I'm particularly calm and like calm, cool, and collected about the kid drama and what's going on, my husband might be a little bit more on edge. And then when he's on, and then when I'm on edge, he's calm, cool and collected. I'm like, you know, he's like, calm down. Like, what are you freaking out about? And then I do the same thing to him. It's like, it's kind of a blessing because one of us can be the voice of reason. But do you ever experience that? Oh, sure. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like like there was something this week, and now I can't remember the specifics of it, but you were getting really worked up. And I was like, dude, it's not a big deal. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to undermine the other person like in front of the kids, but sometimes you do because you like tell them to chill and then your kids hear that. So that I, I struggle with that. And I think Glenn does too, really. Yeah. And I mean, I think it happens all the time. Um, It's probably, it's gotta be normal. Yeah. I hope it's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I think like, I think just, yeah. Coming back to just kind of being on the same page well, and I, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you know you're on the same page, kind of like in a holistic sense, then if you're like disagreeing every once in a while about like certain things or like, you know, then it's okay because you kind of come back to whatever kind of grounds you together. Yeah, and you know, and seeing her, you know, the times when I'm kind of getting a little, well, getting over the top, and and seeing her calm, and even seeing her giving me that look that she'll <laughs> give me, you know, I'm just like, oh. Oh yeah, I should probably calm down. This probably is not a good. This probably not a big deal. I could probably just walk away from this, you know. So it it, it kind of helps to counter. It kind of yeah. helps bring me down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and then so. when like I tend to fly off the handle on like like the kids ripping the curtains out of the wall, like I lose it. And Mark's like, it's not a big deal. I'm like it totally is a big deal. <laughs> oh man, kids getting the couch cush- couch cushions off the couch. Nothing will get me more fired up than that. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Nice. okay so the biggest takeaway i'm hearing from this whole conversation though with in regards to people being home with their kids right now and it's all unexpected is is number one thing we should probably be focusing on is that connection right yeah yes totally Mm -hmm. yeah above all the lesson planning and all the sit down and do do the work it's it's the connection Mm -hmm. that's going to win yeah Yeah, i mean you know maybe this is i mean if Maybe you think of it this way. It's like, you know, sometimes you want to have some time to, to spend, you know, quality time with your kids. And, and now, now it's been forced on you. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe it's it, it could be an opportunity to, to have some time together that you may not have had in the past. And so it, it could, you know, it depends on your perspective. It could be you could see it as a really good thing. Yeah, I guess I think my I wasn't going to go here, but now I'm just thinking I think my <laughs> biggest struggle is I do have to get work done. And so it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it is mm-hmm. like, sometimes it feels like I have a hard time making those connections because just even today when I was, I mentioned the, I want you mommy. I was trying to explain to Russ who is three, like during the hour and a half that you rest or nap and it took me two hours to get him to nap and he finally did. It was pretty forced. Um, I was trying to explain to him like, that's when I get to work. Like that's when I have my mommy time so that when you're awake, we can 
we can, you know, do things together, but you know, he doesn't really get that. So I think that that's my hardest part is like feeling like I'm blowing them off because I do have to get some things done while also trying to connect. Yeah. But I mean, I think, you know, we're pretty clear about, you know, when we have our time, um, you know, and that's one thing that we didn't really get to, but like taking care of yourself first Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're kind of cultivating your own like peace of mind and well-being is really kind of the foundation of everything. So, um, yes, you want to make connection, but you also want to make sure that you're doing okay first. And so I think like being really clear with your kids about like, okay, this is, this is my work time and and this is for me. And then I can be with you a hundred percent later on. Um, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it is going to be hard for a three-year-old or a four-year-old to understand that. But I think the more you just keep reinforcing it and coming back to it, the more, um, the more they'll understand it and respect it. And then, you know, if you've already kind of made that deposit of connection, hopefully earlier in the morning, then hopefully, you know, by that afternoon time, they're, they're going to be a little bit more understanding. Um, I mean, boundaries are a huge, a huge part of yeah. any, right, any, any relationship of respect. And so it's just figuring out, you know, uh, what are your, you know, what are your boundaries um, and just, you know, stick with them. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain time of day where I'm, I'm not available at all. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and the, the kids sort of know that and they can, and they'll still, dad, can we do this? Can we do this? I like, no, remember this is, this is my time. We, you know, we talked about this and so. Um, I think that's another huge thing. You know, if you can just take some time and just think of a few boundaries, you know, what do you need? What do you need first? Cause you need to be, you're the caretaker. And if, you know, if you don't have the oxygen mask on you, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're going. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a- That's really good. And we won't touch on this today, but I also love one of the things that you guys talk about is um, that you and Sophia got on Instagram today and talked about talking about the consequences beforehand so that they know ahead of time, hey, if this happens, these are the consequences because um, then it's all set up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. We can dive into that later. We're running out of time. Okay. (laughs) Um, And these these two are home with their three kids right now, just so you all know. And we've barely heard any kids in the background. I don't know what they're doing. They're watching TV? They're watching TV. Okay. Okay. See, they're normal people, you guys. Their kids are just watching TV right now. Um, Okay. This podcast is called the Illuminate Podcast. And so I would love to know if you have a a person or an organization or something in your life that you would like to share that you feel like is illuminating in a really positive way. I, I think we've always been, um, uh, kind of a part of the, um, and supporters of the children's hospital at Dartmouth Hitchcock. Um, they're, you know, the children's hospital where our son had his, um, surgeries when he was an infant. And, um, so, you know, they're always doing really good work in the community and, uh, yeah, we, we support them and yeah, we think they're doing just really good stuff. So, okay. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, let's see. What's the most recent book? I just read, I just read a novel that was actually, I couldn't put it down. Um, it was called beneath the scarlet sky and it was about, um, world war two Italy. Um, and it was really interesting and fascinating and, was good good read uh the last book that i read was a book called the denial of death <laughs> by <laughs> ernst becker um it's actually pretty it's a pretty well-known book um it's uh it's fantastic it's it's sort of about what your uh it's a book that makes you think about what your purpose is okay if any, what is your purpose and what are you doing with your life oh i gotta so. read that what's the uh, who's the author uh, Ernst Becker, The Denial of Death. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to read that. I'm always searching for my purpose. And that's why this has been so hard with this COVID-19, because I feel a lack of purpose right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think probably a lot of people feel that way. Right. Um, okay. And then the last question, what is your message to send to the world? Well, I mean, this is my message. I mean, this is why I got into marriage and family therapy, why I got into this whole thing is because you know, this, you know, coming from my heart is I just was hoping that there was a better way to raise my kids than what I experienced growing up. And, and not from my, not from my family, but from, you know, as I told you, the school I went to and, and, and what I saw, you know, from other people and, 
is there a way to you know raise to raise children that's not based on not centered around punishment but is centered around encouragement and that's 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 my message i guess is that you can is that you can do that you can you can you can raise your children in a way that's encouraging um and respectful that helps them feel better about themselves um i think that's you know you don't have to punish. You don't have to yell. You don't have to spank. You don't have to do those things. There's, there's, there's a better way. That's my message. I think just kind of thinking as of our family as a whole is that that you can find a way for everyone to thrive. Um, and it might not look conventional. It might be a really difficult path to get there. Um, and there might be some risks and some sacrifices in terms of like lifestyle and things like that. But yeah, just really making sure that everyone in the family feels like they're thriving is a real is a good goal to have. Thank you so much, Sarah and Mark, for sharing your words of wisdom and encouragement for all of us. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. We really appreciate you being here. Don't forget, you can find Sarah on Instagram. She is sarah.canny over there you can find mark on instagram he is mr canny you can also find the illuminate podcast on instagram we are the illuminate podcast over there we'd love to have you join us over there and we also have a facebook page the illuminate podcast if you enjoyed this conversation if you have parents in your life who might need some encouragement right now who might enjoy this conversation we would appreciate it so much if you would consider sharing it with them just take a screenshot share it on your social media text it to your friends who might be interested and let them know about this conversation. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating and review on whatever podcast app you are listening on. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. Make sure you check out our other shows in the network. I'll have another with Lindsay Hine podcast and the Up and Writing podcast. All right, friends, I hope you're really having a great day and we will see you next week on the Illuminate podcast.